There are two words there that occurred twice. The words rest and yoke. I will give you rest to those who accept the invitation to come. Come unto me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the other is uh, further down, you will find rest. The first one is a gift. The second one is, uh, is somewhat conditional. The first one uh, is immediate. It comes when we put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Come unto me, all ye who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The very word has the meaning in it of refreshment. Refreshment. Reinvigorating. I will give you rest. And the other is continuous. You will find rest unto your souls. Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. And then the other two words there are yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. And so this now speaks of progression along the pilgrim pathway. Those of us who have accepted the invitation to come and receive his rest and now to move forward in our Christian pathway and uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. And then again in the last verse, verse 30, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the rest is for the first rest, the gift is for those who uh, gladly have come out of their bondage, their darkness and night, and they have come into his freedom, his gladness and light. Do you remember that old hymn? We used to sing it so often in the gospel meetings. Out of my darkness, sorrow and night, Jesus I come, Jesus I come, into thy gladness and freedom and light, Jesus I come to thee. A a lovely old hymn indeed, but uh, this speaks of the rest that the Lord Jesus gives in response to his invitation to come, to come unto him. The yoke is, is that which, um, a yoke is a wooden uh, cross piece which goes across two animals, uh, oxen or bullocks, uh, in order that they work in unison. So there is a unity in the yoke uh, that the oxen bear to pull a load, uh, a plough or whatever else the load may be. But, uh, but, uh, It is also a piece of timber shaped to fit a person's shoulders and so from each end is suspended a weight. It might be a quantity of water, uh, 10 litres or so of water or or whatever it might be, it carries a weight. And uh, and so this also was a yoke. 
but uh, also uh, we speak of the yoke of oppression. And it was this yoke that, uh, that the Jewish nation was being afflicted with at the time. And uh, <clears throat> not only were they un- under the, um, uh, the oppression of the Roman authorities, uh, this was an occupied country, the Roman uh, Empire ruled the whole world, which included Israel, but uh, the ordinary people were under a yoke of bondage, even from their religious leaders. Uh, just to turn over a few pages to chapter uh, 23, and, uh, and the Lord Jesus is speaking here. Jesus spoke to the multitude, this is verse 1 of chapter 23, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And so these people were suffering under burdens, grievous to be borne, which were afflicted upon them by the Pharisees, uh, as well as uh, getting it also from the Romans. And, and uh, uh, speaking of the, bur- uh, the yoke still, um, when uh, after our Lord's resurrection from the dead and his ascension back to heaven, his, um, the disciples went out and uh, obeying the great commission to go into all the world. But then Saul of Tarsus was also recruited, and he, in his first missionary journey, he went to a number of cities in uh, Galatia, and there churches were established. And, uh, and so uh, at the end of this, uh, there was a great uh, council meeting convened in order to, to establish what or how converted Gentiles should uh, uh, observe the laws which came. And, uh, and because there were those, the Judaizers, who were seeking to put the people under the bondage once again of legality, uh, of obeying the Jewish rituals, the ceremonials, and uh, observing the law and that included uh, the right of circumcision. Well, uh, Paul had been preaching a gospel of grace, uh, and, and so um, Peter also uh, makes reference, uh, or uh, he doesn't make reference, but he alludes to it, uh, when uh, with the conversion of Cornelius, a Roman centurion, a Gentile, and how this man Cornelius came to faith in Christ apart from the works of the law. Paul went to the churches in Galatia, the churches at uh, Lystra, Iconium, Derby, Antioch, and there preached the gospel and people were saved. These were Gentiles without having to observe the law. But the Judaizers back in Jerusalem were saying, uh, now they've got to submit to the the Jewish ceremonials. It's all right for Gentiles to come to Christ, but now they've got to observe all of our laws. 
And so this council was convened in order to answer that question. And coming down to verse 10 in, uh, um, in Acts chapter 15, uh, Now therefore, why do you test God or tempt God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? And so this is the argument that was coming. This yoke of bondage which was upon them. And these people knew what it was to be under the yoke, the yoke of bondage, the yoke of oppression. And um, in fact, the Judaizers had very effectively moved among the people in uh, Galatia, uh, those churches there. And so Paul had to write a letter with great urgency to tell them, have none of it. They were departing from the gospel of pure grace, putting themselves back under the law or putting themselves under the Jewish law because this is what uh, they were being instructed to do. And Paul is saying, have none of it. It's wrong. It's wrong. And, uh, and so at the closing verses of chapter 4, um, and he's using the illustration here of uh, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, Sarah and Ishmael, the Egyptian bondwoman who came out of Egypt when Sarah and Abraham returned from Egypt. And uh, Hagar was the bondwoman who had a son, Ishmael. And, uh, and so he's drawing the analogy of uh, Hagar and Ishmael with Sarah and uh, Isaac. And, uh, and he, he's speaking of the children of promise and the children... Uh, uh, born of the flesh. So in, um, in verse 29 of uh, Galatians chapter 4, But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, Ishmael persecuting Isaac, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And so this is... These are just a couple of examples of how the yoke, uh, the yoke of bondage, was was included. We can have a an illustration of this in the history of the Hebrew people when they came out of bondage in Egypt. Uh, it was by the mighty hand of God that delivered them from Egypt, but under the leadership of Moses, they were able to escape. And as they came to the Red Sea, then once again they're all under threat, becoming very agitated, no doubt. The Egyptians have had a change of mind and they are to be brought back again uh, to, to be slaves in the land of Egypt. And once again, God moved in mighty power, parting the waters of the Red Sea so that they could go across until then, they're agitated as they see this danger, this threat coming from the Egyptian people. And then when they cross to the other side and the waters close over again, now they can rest. And this is what the Lord offers. 
Come unto me, all who labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, so this is the first rest that he comes, a picture of what it is when a person comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, he enters into a rest which is a gift. I will give you rest. But they were not back at their homeland yet. They were still in the wilderness. And, and so for the next 40 years they remained in the wilderness be, simply because they did not believe God. The invitation uh, is, come to me and I will give you rest. And now the command is given, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto your souls. And on this occasion, there was disobedience among the people, and they felt that uh, things were not going as they should. God miraculously provided for them day by day. They'd left with the clothes on their back with a few goods, only what they could carry, uh, their children, their old people, their livestock, but they needed to have sustenance day by day and God provided for them. But what did they say? We're missing these leeks and the onions and the garlic and fish and stuff that we had in Egypt. We're sick of this manna, this light bread. They were being fed manna miraculously and God sent quail among them for their food. But uh, And repeatedly they were disobeying God and, and, and God and the Lord Jesus, he wants to be uh, heard and he wants to be believed. We think of those two on the road to Emmaus on the afternoon of our Lord's uh, resurrection. And as they were going and they were gloomy, they were downcast. We had thought this was going to be the one who would deliver us from the Roman oppression, but he, three days ago he was crucified. We've been hearing strange rumours that he's been seen alive since then. And they, they were perplexed and bewildered and they didn't know uh, just what was going on. But uh, we read that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. And as we've been reminded already this morning, when he opened up unto them the scriptures and, the, and expounded unto them the things concerning himself, and just uh, when he finally did leave them after their journey, their response was, did not our hearts burn within us when he opened unto us the scriptures by the way? They were amazed. But what were the words that preceded be, uh, Luke's words there in the 24th of his gospel that... Um, uh, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The words he spoke to them were these, O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The Lord Jesus wants to be believed. He wants us to believe him. And, uh, and this is how we move on along the Christian pathway. So both of these rests have to do with our relationship as believers with the Lord. We have that initial rest, that gift, 
which comes when we trust Christ, but then there is the ongoing uh, rest which comes when we take his yoke upon ourselves and learn of him. And what did he say of his yoke? My yoke yoke is easy and my burden is light. My burden is pleasant. And so this is what the Lord Jesus is looking for uh, as we too go through. So often when we are faced with threat, when we are faced with difficulty, so often we react badly. And this is not how it should be. And so what, what are the words of the Lord? Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. So to learn of him, uh, we need to get to know him. And in the uh, ESV, the English Standard Version, it reads, learn from me. So we learn about Christ, but we also learn from him. He is our tutor as we get into the scriptures, as we study the scriptures. He is our tutor as well as teaching us about himself. And, and so he is to be found in all the scriptures. Uh, the, the intention was that these two on the road to Emmaus should have known because the scriptures spoke of, of his coming and, and how he would um, uh, suffer and die. Uh, the prophets, uh, Isaiah and Daniel and um, Zechariah, they all point to those events that took place the Psalms, the writings, and uh, the books of Moses, the first five books of the Bible, the scriptures right throughout, the minor prophets, Habakkuk and uh, and, uh, Micah and Hosea. Uh, We can see Christ in all of these scriptures and they all speak of him. Then we go through the Gospels. But uh, let's have a look and see what Peter says about the Lord. Uh, going back to that passage that we were at earlier on this morning, First Peter in chapter 2. Just a couple of verses on from where we were. And we're at First Peter chapter 2. And verse, we'll go to verse 20. For what credit is it when you are beaten for your faults that you take it patiently? So in other words, if you've done the wrong thing and you get punished for it and you say, well, look, I've taken that ever so patiently and I've shown a good Christian attitude towards it. No, no, that's not exemplary at all. What credit is if when you do wrong for your own faults, you take it patiently. But he goes on to say, but when you do good and suffer, and if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes 
you were healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And so uh, we learn of Christ, we learn from Christ, and we learn by studying his life uh, as well as learning from him. And we, as Peter reminds us there, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. But far too often, as I say, we react badly and uh, we, we want to uh, fight or, or else um, sulk. And, uh, and, and this is not the way of it at all. At all. Uh, the Lord Jesus said of himself, I am meek and lowly in heart. Uh, I am gentle and lowly in heart. And um, uh, meekness and lowliness, they don't come easily, but this is the goal which is set before us to become more Christ-like in our Christian walk. Another beautiful verse in, in the book of Micah, chapter 6. He has shown thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God? He has shown thee, O man, what is good. What doth the Lord require of thee but to do justly, to treat everybody rightly? But then when, uh, when we are mistreated, then we respond as he did. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. He committed himself to his heavenly Father to, to do justly, to love mercy, to love loving kindness. And what he wants from us is to, to treat people with loving kindness so that um, when... Well, following the Lord's examples, when he was reviled, he reviled not again, but to take it without minimising it, but rather to, um, to, to absorb it patiently. And as uh, Peter said in uh, his uh, second chapter of his first epistle, this is commendable before God. And to walk humbly with thy God, perhaps the hardest of all, to have uh, a humble, a meek, a lowly attitude such as his was. But as Peter said here, he left us an example that we should follow in his steps. And so what was it the disciples on the Emmaus Road were taken to task for by the Lord? O fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have said. What we learn, we have to believe, and what we believe, we have to observe and do. Fools, slow of heart to believe. The Apostle Paul was one who really did believe God. He said so. He gave that wonderful testimony. Do you remember that time... Uh, the shipwreck when, uh, when he was uh, being taken in chains or taken as a captive anyway on board a ship to Rome, uh, Acts chapter 27. And uh, when they were in Crete, uh, Paul said, we should not set sail, there is danger ahead. 
and uh, and so the centurion who was in charge of uh, this consignment conferred with the captain. The captain said, "Look, I know this; these seas all will be well." And so, uh, as as the chapter goes on, we read there, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. And no small tempest lay on us. That is Luke's way of saying it was a howling gale, a force 10 gale or thereabouts on the Beaufort scale. Um, No small tempest lay upon us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. They thought they were all going to be drowned. They'd lose their lives. Everyone on board the ship, everyone except one, and that's the Apostle Paul. And he stood like the rock of Gibraltar. And he said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete. But there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am, whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Lo, God has given you all those who sail with you. There shall not be the loss of any man's life, only the ship. And he said, wherefore, sirs, I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. He made that forthright word of testimony, that declaration, I believe God. Fools, slow of heart to believe all. What brings joy to the Lord Jesus is when we learn of him, when we believe what we learn and when we act accordingly and appropriately. So uh, it is in uh, this way that you and I can mature and go on. As I was saying before, when the children of Israel came out and they were safe on the other shore, the waters of the Red Sea had closed again. Now they can rest, but they were still not back in their own land. And because of their disobedience, this was the ongoing rest But so many of them perished in the wilderness because of unbelief. Fools, slow of heart to believe. They were whinging, they were complaining. But uh, like the Apostle Paul, I believe God that it shall be. And so we can trust him in these troublous times in which we are passing now. Because our God is on the throne and he is with us in all these circumstances. And so as uh, in this way, as we mature, we, by grace, are given the capacity then to be able to, um, to cope well, to cope as we should. I believe God. 